Look Forward, Issue 155, June 2015. RP Fighting Blindness, Registered Charity Number 1153851. Your readers today are Tom O'Neill, Jeff Strutt, Kate Samwell, and Sue Drew. Inside, AGM Notice to Members, Track 1. Christmas Prize Raffle Draw, Track 2. Annual Conference, 2015, Track 3. 40th Anniversary Appeal Update, Track 4. RPFB Research Grant, Track 5. Virgin London Marathon, Track 6. Anglia Ruskin Research Update, Track 7. An exciting time ahead. We're already halfway through 2015 and much has happened so far, with more planned. Since the last edition of Look Forward, in Glasgow we've undertaken another Patient Information Day. We've launched the 40th Anniversary Appeal and have approved a further grant for medical research. The RP Conference and AGM is coming up. This year's annual prize draw is being launched and we have a whole host of fundraisers planned for the remainder of the year. Notice to members of RP Fighting Blindness Annual General Meeting. The RP Fighting Blindness Annual General Meeting, AGM, will take place at 1625 on Saturday the 20th of June 2015. All full members are entitled to attend, speak and vote at the AGM, which will be at the Pullman Hotel, Euston Road, London, after the RPFB conference. This will be the second AGM of the Charitable Incorporated Organisation, CIO, and we look forward to welcoming members to this meeting. Agenda for RP Fighting Blindness AGM. 1. Chairman's Welcome. 2. Introductions. 3. Apologies. 4. Annual Report and Accounts for 2014. Part A. Introduction. Part B. Questions from the Floor. Part C. Resolution to adopt the report and accounts for 2014. 5. Resolution to appoint Davis Mayor Barnett as auditors. 6. Resolution, the reappointment of trustees. Part A. The following trustees retire by rotation and are standing for re-election. Stephen Jones, Janet Crooks. Part B. Rachel Stevens was appointed trustee by the board since the last AGM and so retires but is standing for re-election. 7. Any other business? 8. Chairman's closing remarks. Proxy voting. Any member of the CIO may appoint another person as a proxy to exercise all or any of that member's rights to attend, speak and vote at a general meeting of the CIO. You can appoint someone to act on your behalf by informing RP Fighting Blindness in writing. This must state your name and address, the identity of the person you wish to elect to act for you, and the meeting at which you are giving them permission to vote on your behalf. Written confirmation of proxy voting must arrive by the 20th of June and can be posted to RP Fighting Blindness, PO Box 350, Buckingham, MK181GZ or alternatively, email to info at rpfightingblindness, or one word, dot org, dot uk. Track 2 Christmas Prize Draw 2015 As last year, we're holding our annual raffle prize draw at Christmas. A book of ten tickets has been included in this issue of Look Forward for you to either buy yourself or perhaps sell to friends. There is, of course, no obligation upon you to do this, but if you choose not to get involved with this year's raffle, we would appreciate your returning the books to us as we can sell them to other people. Equally, if you would like more raffle tickets than we have provided, please contact Michelle Carter at head office and she will be happy to send you some. You can contact her on michelle at rpfightingblindness.org.uk or by calling... 01280-821-334 The first prize is £200 of High Street vouchers as chosen by the winner. The second prize is £100 worth of High Street vouchers as chosen by the winner. And the third prize, £50 of High Street vouchers as chosen by the winner. Plus other great prizes. 
The RPFB annual prize draw is always a popular event, and we hope the Christmas prizes will help jolly along a few people's festive season. We wish everyone luck and look forward to announcing the winners in December. Please make cheques payable to RP Fighting Blindness and post payment and counterfoils to RP Fighting Blindness, PO Box 350, Buckingham, MK181 GZ. The draw will be made at head office on Tuesday, the 15th of December 2015. All ticket counterfoils must be returned by the 12th of December 2015. Track 3 The RP Conference 2015, in partnership with Retina Implant. The 2015 RP Conference is being held at the Pullman Hotel on the Euston Road, London. The hotel is just a few moments' walk from both King's Cross St Pancras and Euston stations, making it a convenient location for those travelling from afar. A buffet lunch will be provided. Members, patients, family, friends and supporters, clinicians and researchers alike are welcome to attend the RP Fighting Blindness Conference on Saturday the 20th of June 2015 to share information, research news and everything RP. This one-day event is always an important part of the RPFB calendar, bringing together around 200 people to hear from our top speakers, learn from each other, meet the RP Fighting Blindness team, as well as socialise and catch up with old friends. The event also incorporates the charity's formal AGM as the last session of the day. Members of RP Fighting Blindness are welcome to take part at no charge, together with a partner or guide, though donations towards the event are always welcome, of course. Non-members are equally welcome at a cost of £30 each, which includes refreshments all day and the buffet lunch. For members and non-members alike, it is essential places are booked, as seating and catering arrangements are made in advance. Please contact Michelle Carter at head office on michelle at rpfightingblindness, or one word, dot org dot uk, or call 01280 821334 to confirm the number of places required. Non-members will be invoiced. This year's RP Fighting Blindness annual conference is being brought to you in partnership with Resner Implant AG. We thank them for their support. Conference programme for the RP Fighting Blindness annual conference. 20th of June 2015. 9am, exhibition and registration open. 9.55am, convene and conference welcome from the Chairman of the Board, Mr Don Grocott. 10am, inspiration. Robert Taylor, RP patient and author of Lionheart, gives an insight into what has inspired him to publishing success. 10.30am, empowering those experience sight loss. Niall McMurtry, project manager, E-I-R-E-C-S, Evidence and Service Impact at RNIB. 11am, tea and coffee break, with a chance to view the stands and chat. 11.25am, the RP Fighting Blindness Awards. Nominations and presentations. 12.15pm, the RP Fighting Blindness 40th Anniversary Launch. Rachel Stevens, trustee. 12.45pm, lunch. Lunch is provided and the stands will remain open. 1.45pm. Scientific and medical speakers, introduced by Professor Michael Cheatham, Professor of Molecular Cell Biology at the UCL Institute of Ophthalmology and member of the RP Fighting Blindness Medical Advisory Board. Presentation. Developing treatments for retinitis pigmentosa, Professor Robert McLaren, Professor of Ophthalmology at the University of Oxford. Presentation. Genetics and the UK RP Genome Project, Professor Alison Hardcastle, Professor of Molecular Genetics at UCL Institute of Ophthalmology. 2.45pm, RP Question Time, chaired by Professor Michael Cheatham. This is your chance to quiz a panel of eminent researchers and clinicians. For the panel session, Professor Cheatham and our keynote speakers will be joined by Professor John Marshall, Medical Trustee at RP Fighting Blindness. 3.45pm, teen coffee break, with a chance to view the stands and chat. 4.20pm, Chairman's Conference Address by Mr Don Grocott. 4.25pm, our annual general meeting. 5pm, event close, with closing remarks from Mr Don Grocott. The annual general meeting covers the formal business matters of the charity. Please note that though non-members are very welcome, they will not be entitled to speak or vote on any resolution. 
members of the charity not attending the main conference are still able to attend the annual general meeting by arriving during the preceding tea break. Please collect your voting card on arrival. This programme is subject to amendments without notice. Track 4 40th Anniversary Appeal Update As you'll most likely be aware from our recent mailings and other online communications, April saw us launch the RP Fighting Blindness 40th Anniversary Appeal in honour of our 40th anniversary, which we mark next year. Donations have been rolling in and currently stand at just over £30,000. This is a wonderful achievement and we'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who's contributed so far. Our target is £150,000, so we still have quite some way to go. If you haven't yet donated, please do consider helping us reach our target. The 40th anniversary appeal was conceived as a way of marking this important occasion with a positive outcome for our supporters, members and the charity as a whole. Every time we are able to help fund a research project, we come just that bit closer to a treatment or cure for RP. This is why it seemed apt that we should aim to make an extra grant for at least one additional research project in 2016. RP Fighting Blindness has now been funding medical research for four decades. We're proud of the cutting-edge nature of this work and that many of the UK's leading and eminent researchers are involved in our portfolio of research projects. The scientific community's progress inspires us to continue and build our support. We can only do this by significantly increasing the amount of money we make available. Medical research is by its nature very expensive. This is even more the case in this era of preclinical work and clinical trials. Over the years, we've worked with many incredible research teams, each determined to drive scientific understanding and treatments for RP forward. Sadly, however, we simply don't have the funds to support them all. It's so frustrating to decline very good science simply due to a lack of funding. That's where the Anniversary Research Fund comes in. By making £150,000 available, we can invite scientists to submit their proposals to our Medical Advisory Board and commit to supporting more of the best research. We know that you've helped us achieve so much already, such as the Gene Team's clinical trials. Thank you so much. Because of the generosity of people like you, RP Fighting Blindness has invested millions of pounds in research over the last four decades. We're convinced that scientists are getting nearer to treatments because of this. By donating to the 40th Anniversary Appeal, you are helping us to do more than ever before in our mission to find a treatment or cure for RP. If you want to know more about the 40th Anniversary Appeal or want to keep up to date with how the fundraising is progressing, you can visit our dedicated microsite at www.rpfbis40.org.uk which is spelt www.rpfbis40.org.uk you can denote online by visiting the dedicated microsite as mentioned above or you can write a cheque made payable RP Fighting Blindness and send it to RP Fighting Blindness PO Box 350 Buckingham MK181 GZ Alternatively, you can call head office and donate over the phone using your credit or debit card. Please call 01280 821334 Coins, phones, stamps, keys and cartridges. We'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who has generously been sending in used stamps, old keys, foreign coins, defunct banknotes and spent printer cartridges to help us fund our work. The various calls we've made over the past couple of years for such items which now also includes cars, thanks to the innovative Give a Car scheme, have proved very fruitful and require little or no time on our part to administer. There has been a change, however. As recently as earlier this year, we made a call for old mobile phones and encouraged you to contact us for a free post envelope to send them directly to our recycling agent, who credited us for those received from RPFB members. Due to changes at Royal Mail... Mobile phones can no longer be posted in this way. 
The mobiles can still be recycled and still have a value to us. If you have a mobile phone and you'd like to donate to us, please consider bringing it to any RPFB event and giving it directly to a member of staff. This includes our upcoming annual conference, patient information days, RP seminars, fundraisers like the London Marathon and other head office managed events. The same goes for other smaller items on our list. Feel free to bring along your coins or stamps, cartridges or keys if posting them isn't convenient. Every time you think of us when you're opening your post or clearing out your cupboards and you make the effort to send us such items, you really are making a difference. Individually, they may not have much value, but collectively, over the years, such fundraising activity is generating thousands of pounds to help us research RP. Social media. Do you follow us on Facebook and Twitter? Search for RP Fighting Blindness on Facebook to find our page and various groups and follow us on Twitter on at RP Fighting Blind for the latest updates and news about the charity. RP Charity Dinner RPFB support Eileen Gandhi recently held a charity dinner in aid of RP Fighting Blindness, which had 50 attendees and included a presentation about RP and a raffle. The evening started with a magician moving from table to table, baffling the guests with his conjuring tricks, and as he entertained, the local catering college served the three-course meal. The real surprise came when ten of the waiting staff suddenly began to sing in the dining room. The Ashfield School Ensemble Choir, led by Elaine Guy, had been rehearsing for months to flash mob the event. It proved a wonderful addition to the evening. The total raised for the charity was an impressive £804. We're very grateful to everyone who helped make the evening such a success. Skydive for RP Would you like to help raise funds for us whilst having an amazing time? Skydiving is an exhilarating experience and you can do this while supporting our cause. Technically, the jump is called a tandem skydive. It is a skydive because you'll be free-falling through the air, without the parachute deployed, for several thousand feet. It is a tandem, however, because you'll be harnessed to a professional parachute instructor at all times throughout the descent. All you have to do is raise £395 or more for RP Fighting Blindness by asking your friends to sponsor you, and you jump for free. Please contact us if you'd like more information about this exciting challenge by calling 01280... 821334 An Eye Opener on the Clyde by Rosie Dalton I first heard about the VISAGB, the Visually Impaired Sailing Association, Great Britain, in Yachting Monthly a few years ago, when they were looking for volunteer skippers and mates. I contacted Colin Fowler, one of the founding members and inspiration behind the association, to find out more, but it was nearly two years before an invitation I just couldn't refuse dropped into my inbox. VISAGB were planning to run a flotilla week on the sea locks and islands of the Clyde in April 2014. I've sailed in Scotland twice before and loved it, despite the miserable weather I previously had. Obviously, good visibility was not high on the agenda of requirements for the majority of the VISA, but I was hoping that a return trip early in the season would enable me to take in some of the views of the mountains and valleys that I'd only caught a brief glimpse of through the mist and rain previously. I was not disappointed. April proved to have strong winds, minimal rain and even some glorious sunshine towards the end of the week. Originally, four yachts were booked through a local charter company, but VISA managed to find another three by the time the flotilla started from Largs. I was allocated the position of mate on Bavaria 46, generously donated for the week by an Invocate-based charity that uses her to provide sailing opportunities on equal terms for vulnerable and less fortunate individuals. Also on board were sighted and experienced VISA skipper, John, midshipman Matt, a VISA virgin like me, and five blind and partially sighted crew with experience ranging from complete novice to day skipper level. We were welcomed by large sailing club members, some of whom joined the preparation and organisation for the flotilla as shore-based volunteers, meeting and greeting people as they arrived. After a long drive up from the south of England, the lunch provided by the VISAGB and laid out by the club was greatly appreciated and as we at Colin demonstrated the right and wrong ways to empower and facilitate visually impaired people in a sailing environment by facilitating them to be independent and take control. He reminded us to be alert to hazards such as anchors on bow, 
rollers protruding onto pontoon walkways, which could be a danger for a visually impaired person. Our visually impaired crew arrived mid-afternoon and quickly became involved with stowing the provisions on board and generally familiarising themselves with the layout of the yacht. It was amazing to see how quickly they could safely navigate round the cockpit and cabins. The itinerary for the week took in Loch Goylehead, Rothsay and the Kyles of Butte, Loch Fine and Arran, with an overnight stop in Lamlash. With winds of up to 40 knots and little rain, the sailing was exhilarating. The strength of the catabatic winds in Loch Long surprised even the more experienced local skippers and only the bravest flew more than half a furled jib. Later in the week, the conditions became more settled, so whilst moored in the shelter of Holy Island off Lamlash, some of the visually impaired crew took their inflatable tenders and enjoyed rowing their sighted midshipmen gently round the bay. Back at the Largs Marina at the end of the week, and after 120 miles of sailing, everyone, both sighted and visually impaired, felt a huge sense of achievement. For some, it had been a huge learning curve, and for all, it was an unforgettable experience. The week was rounded off with a gala dinner, again hosted by Larg Sailing Club, and talk of the next VISAGB flotilla in 2016. VISAGB run a programme of voyages from Portsmouth Harbour on the south coast of England throughout the late spring, early and late summer, and also early autumn. If anyone is inspired by a sailing adventure and wants to know more, do get in touch. You can contact VISAGB by visiting www.visa-gb.org.uk or you can email them at info at visa-gb.org.uk You can also find them on Facebook and Twitter or alternatively you can call 0790 157 3570 RP Genome Project Update New form of inherited blindness discovered. Scientists from the University of Leeds, in collaboration with researchers from the Institute of Ophthalmology in London and Ghent University in Belgium, have discovered that mutations in the gene DRAM2 cause a new type of late-onset inherited blindness. This new insight into the condition was only made possible through collaboration between UK and European institutions. In the UK, the 1.2 million RP Genome Project, funded by RP Fighting Blindness and Fight for Sight, brings together leading genetic ophthalmology research centres in Leeds, London, Manchester and Oxford. Results published in the American Journal of Human Genetics describe individuals from five families with a variety of DRAM2 mutations, all of which lead to loss of central vision beginning at age 30 to 40. Peripheral vision loss is also described in older individuals. The light-sensing rear surface of the eye, the retina, relays visual information to the brain. It's a complex layered structure, with each layer of cells carrying out clearly defined functions. DRAM2 has a role in initiating a cell recycling process called autophagy, in which the damaged components of cells are broken down and renewed. On discovering a link between DRAM2 mutations and inherited blindness, the authors showed that this protein is found in the retina, in the photoreceptor, light-sensitive cells, and also at the surface of the retinal pigment epithelium, RPE layer, where it meets the photoreceptors. RPE cells lie underneath the photoreceptors and take care of these essential cells. A high level of autophagy takes place in RPE due to the need for constant renewal of the photoreceptor outer segments following daily light-induced damage, says Dr Munir Ali, who led the team making the initial discovery at the University of Leeds. It is therefore likely that, in the absence of correctly functioning DRAM2, autophagy and photoreceptor renewal is reduced, leading to thinning of the photoreceptor cell layer. Our findings suggest that DRAM2 is essential for photoreceptor survival. Dr Dolores M. Conroy, Director of Research at First for Sight, said, This is the first paper resulting from our programme to improve patient diagnosis by finding novel disease-causing genes through collaboration between research institutions and in partnership with RP Fighting Blindness. Enabling a specific genetic diagnosis is a high priority for research on inherited retinal disease, as identified 
by the James Lind Alliance Site Loss and Vision Priority Setting Partnership, a consultation with patients, relatives, carers and eye health professionals. Sue Drew, Engagement Manager at RP Fighting Blindness, said, We welcome this first publication from the RPG Name Project and are delighted real progress is being made. We have been convinced for years that wider research collaboration and partnership, working between organisations such as our own and Fight for Sight, is the way forward. We are proud to be co-funding the RP Genome Project, which represents a new way of working and progressing inherited retinal disease, IRD, research, hopefully paving the way for further collaboration in the sector in the future. The research was also supported by grants from the National Institute of Health Research, NIHR, Biomedical Research Centre at Moorfields Eye Hospital, NHS Foundation Trust, and UCL Institute of Ophthalmology, NIHR Moorfields BRC, the Macula Society UK, and the National Eye Research Centre, NERC. The source is L Asrag, spelt E-L hyphen A-S-R-A-G et al., Biallelic, spelt B-I-A-L-L-E-L-I-C, mutations in the autophagy regulator, D-R-A-M-2, cause retinal dystrophy with early macular involvement. The American Journal of Human Genetics, 2015. Laugh Out Loud, LOL in brackets, by Stephen Goulden. About a year ago, fellow RPFB member Johnny Gardner and I were talking about our RP experiences and laughing about some of the situations we had gotten ourselves into because of our impaired sight. Johnny said, wouldn't it be great if we could write a book featuring short, humorous, true stories written by members of RP Fighting Blindness? From the very beginning, we want to make it clear that our intention is not to laugh at misfortune, but laugh along with you at those times after getting over the initial embarrassment where you've quietly giggled to yourself or fell about with side-splitting laughter at a scenario such as the following. I took my crazy guide dog to my local park for a free run. However, in hindsight, this was a really bad move because it'd been raining and eaten, being eaten, went straight into the deepest, muddiest puddle. After unsuccessfully trying to get him to stand still while I poured water from a bucket onto him, I had a brainwave. I have an old plastic dog bed. Perfect, I thought. I could fill it with warm water. I started filling it up using a bucket. After my fifth trip, I began to wonder why I was paddling in soggy grass and my makeshift bath was not filling up. Then I realised there were tiny slits all over the bottom of the bed. I burst out laughing at the mental picture of Eaton sat there, smiling to himself, at his master squelching through soggy grass with a perplexed expression on his face. If you have a funny true story to tell and you would be happy to share it, anonymously if you'd rather, please send it to email stephen.goulden4 at ntlworld.com which is stephen, s-t-e-p-h-e-n dot goulden g-o-u-l-d-e-n and the number four at ntlworld.com or john.gedney at blueyonder.co.uk which is john j-o-h-n dot gedney g-e-d-n-e-y at blueyonder.co.uk by post stephen goulden 77 alderney road sale Cheshire, M332UU. If we get enough contributions to our proposal, we would like to publish them in a small book and sell them to raise funds for our PFB. RP Patient Information Day. RP Fighting Blindness held another RP Patient Information Day in partnership with sponsor Second Sight last month, this time in Glasgow at the Grand Central Hotel. The event was hosted by Professor John Marshall, MBE, a familiar face to members of the charity, in his capacity as one of our longest-serving trustees. The day featured presentations from Dr Carol Gardner, consultant in clinical genetics, Dr Rowley McGaw from the University of Edinburgh, and Emmanuel Samis from the University of Manchester. The presentations ranged from local genetic services to regenerative medicine and artificial vision. 
a question and answer session was held as the last session of the day, so the audience could pose their questions to some of the expert speakers. A session called Learning to See Again was hosted by Jim McLean of the RPFB East of Scotland local group, in which retinal implant patient Mrs Kim O'Shea shared her experiences along with Andy Fisher, a VI rehabilitation officer. These regular patient information days and our annual conference are now among the largest gatherings of RP patients and professionals in the UK, with over 100 people attending our Glasgow event alone. With the patient information days proving such a popular inclusion in the RPFB calendar, we shall be running similar events across the remainder of 2015 in different parts of the UK. Details will be publicised as they are confirmed. RP Fighting Blindness would like to take this opportunity to thank Second Sight for sponsoring the current programme of Patient Information Day events. Cells from eyes of dead may give sight to blind. Cells taken from the donated eyes of dead people may be able to give sight to the blind, researchers suggest. Tests in rats reported in Stem Cells Translational Medicine showed the human cells could restore some vision to completely blind rats. The team at University College London said similar results in humans would improve quality of life but would not give enough vision to read. Human trials should begin within three years. Donated corneas are already used to improve some people's sights, but the team at the Institute for Ophthalmology at UCL extracted a special kind of cell from the back of the eye. These Muller glia cells are a type of adult stem cell capable of transforming into the specialised cells at the back of the eye and may be useful for treating a wide range of sight disorders. In the lab, these cells were chemically charmed into becoming rod cells which detect light in the retina. Injecting the rods into the back of the eyes of completely blind rats partially restored their vision. Brain scans showed that 50% of the electrical signals between the eye and the brain were recovered by the treatment. One of the researchers, Professor Astrid Lim, told the BBC what such a change could mean in people. They probably wouldn't be able to read, but they could move around and detect a table in a room. They would be able to identify a kettle and make a cup of tea. Their quality of life would be so much better, even if they could not read or watch. The cells might be able to help patients with disorders such as macular degeneration or RP. Human stem cell trials are already taking place using the material taken from embryos. However, this is ethically charged and takes several months to prepare the cells. The Muller glia cells can be ready within a week. Professor Lim commented they are more easily sourceable and very easy to handle in the lab, so from that perspective they're better, but they do express antigens that could induce an immune response. It means the donated cells could be rejected like an organ transplant. The next step is to prepare the cells as a clinical grade treatment in order for human trials to begin. The researchers believe it could take three years before such trials take place. Dr Paul Colville-Nash, the Regenerative Medicine Programme Manager at the Medical Research Council, which funded the study, said, This interesting study shows that Muller glia cells are another viable avenue of exploration for cell therapy in retinal diseases. It is not clear yet which approach will be the most effective when these experimental techniques enter human trials, which is why it is important to progress research across all avenues in pursuit of a cure for sight loss. Track 5. RB Fighting Blindness Awards Grant for LCA Research. At the Trustees Meeting in April, the Board of Trustees, following advice from the Medical Advisory Board, which is headed by Professor Paul Bishop, awarded a grant of £132,417 over two years to Dr Jacqueline Vandersby and her co applicants, Professors Michael Michaelides and James Bainbridge. Dr Vandersby, who is a lecturer at UCL Institute of Ophthalmology, will be using the grant funding to research Leber congenital amaurosis, brackets LCA, the most severe form of inherited retinal degeneration. Mutations in the AIPL1 gene cause LCA, a severe retinal degeneration characterised by the impairment or loss of vision early in life. Currently, there is no cure or treatment for LCA caused by AIPL1 mutations. However, it is possible that AIPL1-targeted gene therapy, 
which involves replacement of the faulty AIPL1 gene with a normal copy of the gene, is a viable approach to rescuing vision in young LCA patients. The AIPL1 gene is highly polymorphic, with numerous AIPL1 variations detected normally in the unaffected population. The aim of the project, supported by RP Fighting Blindness, is to confirm that AIPL1 variations detected in LCA patients recruited at Moorfields Eye Hospital are disease-causing mutations and not part of the normal variation of this gene. This will support the prospect of AIPL1-targeted gene replacement therapy in these LCA patients. The grant awarded by RP Fighting Blindness will provide essential support for my research programme, ensuring the full-time dedication of a research associate and the means to achieve the aims of the project. The award is critical in bringing us one step closer to the reality of gene therapy for treating this devastating disease. I would like to thank RP Fighting Blindness for recognising the importance of this research and for supporting our valuable work. Sue Drew, Engagement Manager at RP Fighting Blindness, commented, It's always exciting when the Medical Advisory Board agrees to fund a new project. It's the fruition of our collective efforts, both the organisation's staff and its amazing fundraisers, into real research. We look forward to hearing how Dr Vandersbee and her team get on with their endeavours. The RP Fighting Blindness Shop Did you know you can buy a range of RP Fighting Blindness merchandise on our website? We offer a range of different RPFB branded goods on our website which you can buy to help raise funds for our cause and show your support for us publicly. We sell wristbands, pin badges, notebooks and now white cane cards. These have been developed with members of the charity as an easy way to explain to curious people about cane use and RP. With our upcoming 40th anniversary, we'll be expanding the range in our online shop, so watch out for more in 2016. If you don't have access to a computer but would still like to purchase something, you can call head office on 01280-821-334 and we'll be happy to help. Anyone for Tennis by Alan Weatherly, advisor to the Tennis Foundation on Visually Impaired Tennis. Following Great Britain's exciting Davis Cup win over the United States, have you thought about having a go at playing tennis yourself? Tennis for blind and partially sighted people is one of the fastest growing inclusive sports. It's exciting and fun and is suitable for all ages and abilities. How is the game played? Tennis is easily adapted to enable those with a visual impairment to play the game. It is usually played indoors on a standard tennis court or badminton court. A sponge ball with ball bearings inside is used, so a noise is made when the ball bounces. For partially sighted players, the ball can bounce twice, and for totally blind players, the ball can bounce three times. Standard tennis rackets are used, and we play singles and doubles using standard tennis rules. The Tennis Foundation has a number of disability tennis networks across the country, which work with local visually impaired sports clubs to provide local opportunities to play. The disability tennis networks are made up of parks, clubs, indoor tennis centres and community facilities, which all offer either impairment-specific sessions or can accommodate you in an existing session with the necessary equipment and specially trained coaches. Where is it played? There are a number of sessions taking place across the country. Glasgow, Newcastle, Manchester, York, Leeds, Cambridge, Birmingham, London, Brighton and Swansea, to name just a few. Are there competitions? Yes, there are a number of regional competitions and there is a national tournament held in October each year. To find out more, including where your nearest session is, visit the Tennis Foundation website at www.tennisfoundation.org.uk or email disability at tennisfoundation.org.uk Alternatively, you can contact some other organisations for further information too. British Blind Sport, which you can find at www.britishblindsport.org.uk forward slash sports, forward slash tennis, forward slash or try Metro Blind Sports Club, which is a London-based club at http colon forward slash forward slash metroblindsport.org forward slash 
Other regional clubs include Northeast Visually Impaired Tennis Club, which you can find on Facebook by searching for N-E-V-I Tennis, or one word, that's N-E-V-I Tennis, or one word. Or in Cambridge, you can try Vision for Growth, which you can find at www.vision4growth.org.uk. That's www.vision, then the number four, growth.org.uk. Track six. Virgin Money London Marathon 2015. Sunday the 26th of April saw Michelle Carter, our fundraising events manager, Karen Murphy, the community fundraising assistant, Hannah Hickman, our project fundraiser, and Thomas O'Neill, RPFB's communication officer, set off for London to support the charity's Virgin Money London Marathon runners. The London Marathon is a key inclusion in RPFB's calendar. Not only does it generate considerable revenue for our work through our runners raising sponsorship, but it also helps promote the organisation to the general public through the media. Steve McNichol, who runs on behalf of his son as part of Team Finlay, was interviewed on Tower Bridge Live on BBC One, and RPFB enjoyed coverage in the London Marathon Spectator's Guide and the official London Marathon magazine. This year we had 21 people running for us, and collectively they'll have raised an impressive £60,000 for their efforts. We are hugely grateful for this. Running the London Marathon is no mean feat, and it takes time and dedication to train and raise sponsorship money. The weather wasn't quite as warm and sunny as we enjoyed last year, although it didn't rain, and some of our runners preferred the cool atmosphere. We held a runner's reception after the marathon at the Taj Hotel in prestigious St James's, to meet and greet everyone personally and to allow everyone to unwind and meet up with their families. The food, drink, massages and showers were very well received. As well as a number of volunteers on the ground helping with the logistics and running of the runners' reception, a team of sports therapists from Milton Keynes College generously gave their time for free by providing sports massages for our competitors. If you're interested in running for RP Fighting Blindness at the 2016 Virgin Money London Marathon, please contact Michelle Carter at head office on michelle at rpfightingblindness.org.uk. Places are limited and are already filling up. Once again, we'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who ran the marathon, sponsored our runners or volunteered on the day. Without you, none of it could be possible. Old BRPS and RP Fighting Blindness Materials We are extremely fortunate in that you, our collective members and supporters, work tirelessly to help raise funds for the organisation. RP Fighting Blindness, and BRPS as was, has always benefited from a phenomenal amount of volunteer support and we are extremely grateful for this. Without you all, the charity simply wouldn't be where it is today an internationally recognised force in RP research and patient information. Over the years, the organisation and some supporters have produced countless fundraising and patient information materials bearing our name, charity number and contact information. Anything which does not have the current RPFB logo and colour scheme, plus our current charity number, must not be used. Following the formal adoption of our new charity number, 1153851, after our conversion to a charitable incorporated organisation, CIO, it is essential that we cease using older materials displaying the previous charity number, 217729, as a legal requirement. This includes, but is not limited to, headed paper, complement slips, leaflets, tabards, badges, caps, stickers, cards, collecting tins, collection buckets, banners, posters and flags. Please return to us anything that you have which has the old number on it and we will supply new current versions. It is essential the new charity number is universally adopted across all materials. Any T-shirts, running vests or other items of clothing 
or promotional materials you may have with our old logos on, please also return to us to supply you with up-to-date versions. If you're unsure about any of your materials and would like guidance, please do call head office on 01280-821-334 and we'll be happy to advise. We are keen to run everything solely under the RP Fighting Blindness name so as to maintain and build further our presence in the sector and with patient groups. Every time the old name or logo is incorrectly used, it dilutes our position and recognition. By working under one brand, everyone's efforts are concentrated to promote the charity. Obituary. Hilda May Adams, 1924-2015. We are sad to record the passing of Hilda Adams, RPFB member and blindness rights campaigner, age 90, Hilda had RP, which manifested itself when she was in her early 20s and deteriorated progressively. Her blindness did not stop her running the business which she started with her husband Len, which she continued to do alone after his death in 1979 until she retired in 1986. When she was told she was too old to learn Braille, Hilda took on the authorities, even campaigning on In Touch on Radio 4 until she won the battle. In addition to this, she decided to complete her education, which had been interrupted by World War II. She was told she could not take the exams because she couldn't read the questions. With the aid of her MP, however, Hilda took on the authorities again, secured the right to use an amurensis and passed her GCSE, achieving Grade A. She persisted until the matter reached the Secretary of State for Education and created a precedence which has benefited many students since. Hilda was a founder member of the Nottingham RP Society branch and a member of the Nottinghamshire Royal Society for the Blind, now called MySight. Hilda is succeeded by her three children, daughter Helena Neal and sons Andrew Adams and David Adams, both of whom also have RP. RP Fighting Blindness Membership Reminder Have you renewed your membership of RP Fighting Blindness for this year? If you don't pay your RPFP membership by direct debit, please send a cheque or call us to pay over the phone using your credit or debit card. The annual cost of membership for the charity is now £24. Thank you. Track 7 Research Update Difficulties with Visual Activities for People with RP Dr Kez Latham, Ahura Bahrain, Dr Matt Timmis, Prof Shahina Padan of Anglia Ruskin University, Cambridge, have kindly supplied us an update regarding research they undertook with some RPFB participants, focusing on difficulties with visual activities for people with RP. Anglia Ruskin University. With the help of RP Fighting Blindness members, we have recently completed two questionnaire studies at Anglia Ruskin University, investigating the difficulties with visual activities that people with RP experience. Many RPFB members contributed to this research by answering the questionnaires, and we'd like to thank you all for your time and enthusiasm for the project. The first study has now been published and we can bring you a summary of our findings which we hope will be useful to all those involved in supporting, caring and providing rehabilitation for people with RP as well as to those with RP themselves. For the 350 people with RP who took part in the study, the most difficult visual activities related to mobility, particularly getting around outdoors and shopping, but also recreational activities such as taking part in sports and taking holidays or trips. Activities relating to work, such as applying for a job or using facilities at work, also featured in the top 10 most difficult goals. The mobility aspects obviously reflect how RP affects peripheral vision and highlights the necessity for availability of mobility training. It also highlights how consideration of people's visual needs in the work environment needs to be a key consideration in rehabilitation services. For people with less severe visual loss, those not registered or registered as sight impaired, activities related to communicating with people, such as interacting with strangers and relationships with loved ones, were relatively more difficult than for people registered as severely sight impaired. We suggest that support with the emotional and communication aspects of visual loss should be considered early in rehabilitation and may be crucial in early adjustment to visual loss in this progressive condition. 
Meanwhile, people registered severely sight-impaired found activities around reading and writing, such as dealing with correspondence, more difficult than those with less severe loss. This reflects how central vision can deteriorate in more advanced RP and results in the need for optical assistance in terms of making things bigger, such as magnifiers, and bolder, such as electronic aids or lighting advice. We also asked 75 people who support someone with RP how difficult they thought the person they supported found the different visual activities. In general, there was a very good agreement between people with RP and their supporters around how difficult particular activities were. There was a tendency for supporters to think that domestic chores were more difficult than people with RP did and to think that communicating with people was a little easier than people with RP thought. Assistance for supporters of those with RP, especially with the communication aspects, could therefore be important in helping both the supporters and the people they support. We are currently analysing the data from the second questionnaire study that RPFB members took part in and will bring those results to you as soon as we can. Dr Kez Latham, Ahura Bahrain, Dr Matt Timmers, Professor Shahina Pardon, Anglia Ruskin University, Cambridge. The paper has been published as Latham K, Bahrain M, Timmers MA, Pardon S, Difficulties with Goals of the Dutch ICF Activity Inventory, Perceptions of those with retinitis pigmentosa and those who support them. Investigative Ophthalmology and Visual Scientists, 2015, Volume 56, 2381-2391. You can contact the team about this research on kezihlatham at anglia.com dot ac dot uk